This is Arab Talk on KPOO 89.5 FM in San Francisco. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Hanem. And I'm Jamal Dejani. Jamal, the murderous uh, campaign to ethnically cleanse Palestinians from Gaza and the West Bank continues by the Israeli military unabated. The ceasefire has ended, and now the murderous campaign of the Israeli military is turning its sights on southern Gaza, where the Israeli government told Palestinians to go to become safe from the attacks in the north. As Palestinians fled to the south, Israel has decided to start its bombing campaign in the south. And as we're speaking right now, U.S.-made bunker-busting two-ton bombs are being used by the Israeli military to bomb southern Gaza. It's a catastrophe unfolding right before our eyes, Jamal. 1.8 million Palestinians are displaced. Uh, Of the 2.3 million, 17,000 have died. 70% of those are women and children. The catastrophe continues unabated. We're going to be talking about that and many other topics today, including the Israeli economy, which is in a shambles right now. It's costing the Israeli economy $53 billion. And of course, U.S. taxpayers will continue to fund that. We're also going to be talking about the Jerusalem Post as it was peddling lies that Palestinians were somehow faking deaths and dead babies by using dolls that was proven to be false. Uh, They issued a weak apology. And also, Jamal, I think it's time that we start talking about this new campaign that's uh, being started, which is hashtag dump Biden. I'm going to talk a little bit about that if there's time later on in the show. But before we get to that, we're going to watch a really great interview you did with Yada Jamal. She worked as a production assistant and web writer at the CTV Atlantic Bureau in Halifax for over a year before she was, she said she was terminated with no cause and no warning. She was fired after participating in a pro-Palestine rally and expressing her views on Israel during an interview. She's the only Palestinian and Middle East reporter at CTV Atlantic, and she was terminated uh, unceremoniously, Jamal. It's a great interview. Yes, Jess, and this is a new trend. Actually, you know, we've had many guests, as you know, uh, uh, ranging from professors and journalists and so forth who came under attack for criticizing Israel, right, right here in the United States. But now it's a global trend, which I call the the international McCarthyism uh, era uh, that has uh, had begun. But now the new target is young professionals and and she's just like the latest victims of of uh, one of the latest victims of this trend just a couple of days ago a, a new graduate from the a law school had her offer rescinded from a well-known uh, law firm uh, similar story so now they're targeting young people at the beginning of their careers the minute they open their mouths and and say, you know, criticize Israel as uh, it's committing a genocide uh, in Gaza. Uh, let's watch uh, Yara Jamal. Israel continues to indiscriminately bomb Gaza and kill civilians. The death toll now exceeds 15,000, more than 6,000 of whom are babies and children, not counting those still buried under rubble. Thousands more are expected to die from Israel's siege. 
In the recurring tides of international protests by broad-based coalitions of people renouncing Israel's violence, the younger generation's support for Palestinians have been overwhelming. Panicked pro-Israel defenders are resorting to professional, economic, and political coercion to ostracize and muzzle this energized Palestinian advocacy. The end goal is to quash young professionals at the beginning of their careers who express pro-Palestinian opinions by either firing them or rescinding job offers. There is a new McCarthyism against criticism of Israel. It is a chilling international trend. One recent example of this was when Palestinian-Canadian journalist Yara Jamal was dismissed from her job by mainstream media giant Canada TV. She's joining us on Arab Talk this week to talk about the cause of her dismissal. Welcome to Arab Talk, Yara. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Canada TV is part of Bell Media, which is, which is in turn part of BCE, a publicly traded company. What was your position at CTV? What kind of stories did you cover? So basically, I was behind the scenes and also I was a web writer for them. And a lot of the stuff that I wrote for them was local stuff. It wasn't much international. A lot of crime in the area, in the city I'm living in, in Halifax. Yeah, just a lot of like local stuff. In So what were, uh, what were you told was the reason for your dismissal? Initially, I was would, brought in for a meeting right after the Twitter thread had started. The moment I got the phone call from my manager, I immediately knew, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to get fired over this. I knew. But then I went to the meeting and he told me that I broke the collective agreement and therefore, uh, and I spoke on a political matter that uh, put the company in a bad place and I was just like go just like that and when I asked what exactly did I break what can you specify what is it I didn't get it there so just just to, to be clear your comments regarding the incompatibility of Zionism with Palestinian Jewish coexistence in a future state were made Personally, not as a representative of CTV. Is that correct? No. I, it was my day off, and someone asked me um, if Jew, Jewish people can exist in a free Palestine, to which I answered honestly. A free Palestine cannot exist with the Zionist state, the Zionist ideology, and... Uh, and Jews can exist this desire with ideology cannot. That was the only day off. I have never once during my time at CTV, the entire time I worked TV, I never put on my social media that I work for CTV. I never told people I work for CTV. When that person asked me, I never told them that I work for CTV. It just the Twitter thread had started, people started Googling my name, and they found out that I worked for CTV. It wasn't something that I've done purposely. And I told that to the managers as well. 
Does CTV have a specific policy regarding criticism of Israel, such as language that is not allowed, uh, for example, occupation, apartheid, ethnic cleansing? So when I was there, there was no specific email or like policy that told me you can't use those words. But again, like one of the parts of my job was also helping with writing the script on the teleprompter for the host or the journalist. So sometimes when I see, let's say, the Palestine-Israel conflict, I would change that. I would, and I would tell journalists, hey, it's best if you, you say uh, the Palestinian cause, you know, and because the word conflict is just, is not the right wording. So I would tell them that, but then a lot of times they would change it back because the producers would see it and they would change it back to what they originally wanted. So I knew just in my head, I assumed that, that they have to use certain language. Even if I had pulled them as a Palestinian, even if I had changed it as a Palestinian, they would change it back. I want to read a quote from a CTV diversity statement, and here I'm quoting. It is a core principle of CTV news to represent ethnocultural groups, indigenous people and persons with disabilities in a balanced and accurate manner. Our policy is to seek out diverse voices not only the types of stories we cover, but also in our sources, on screen, on the air, behind the scenes, uh, and within our workforce. I mean, uh, you are uh, of Palestinian origin. Are there other uh, Palestinians, Arabs, or even uh, Muslims, people from the Middle East, uh, that can offer a diverse perspective when reporting on Israel uh, slash Palestine at CTV? Absolutely not. No, at all. Nothing. No. At the newsroom, so I was working for CTV News Atlantic, and Atlantic included uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, PEI, and yeah, big cities. And I was the only Palestinian in the entire CTV News Atlantic. And I was... To my knowledge, to this day, I was the only, only Middle Eastern. So I'm, for a fact, no, absolutely not. Because when I walked into the newsroom, when I was hired, I looked around. I was the only person. Like, noticeably, I'm the only person. There's no Asian. There is no Black. There's no Indigenous. There is no, there's nothing. There is just, like, only... Two people, two, no, sorry, three or four more people other than me that were of color. And they weren't journalists. They were just behind the scenes. So, no, I would say there's no middle, when it comes to Middle Eastern, absolutely not. There's not. So I just, I mean, I've I've just read, really, I mean, uh, again, their diversity statement. And earlier you've mentioned that you've corrected some script and they basically did not agree with you. Uh, So I'm looking at it. Before this incident, did you think your perspective was valued and sought after or were you just a box to check for that diversity? I, like, by multiple people, 
uh, I would like I would consistently made even by the managers, and I told that to management to their faces. Uh, my existence is nothing but a box to be checked. There is absolutely a lack of diversity. There is no education or inclusion in the newsroom. Like they, I told them, I think we should even have posters in the lunchroom about diversity, something, anything for people to understand, or like a course that they can take anything anything or even like more diverse stories or more stories about immigrants like i said that multiple times it was not taken and i just knew that in an article uh, you talk about how at ctv you were subject to multiple racist comments about being palestinian and the legitimacy uh, of palestine although you you reported uh, them to human resources there was never any investigation or follow-up uh, talk about this so during i started working at ctv in september 2022 literally in october 2022 i had a few people come to me and one of them a producer came to me and they were like oh they i was wearing like a sweater that said haifa palestine because i'm from haifa and they were like Oh, are you sure that in Palestine? I was like, yeah, I'm Palestinian. We knew this. And then they were like, no, I'm pretty sure that's Israel. That's an Israeli city. I think you're mistaken. And then I said, you can't really tell me where I'm from. I'm from Palestine. You can't just keep on pushing on that. And then in that conversation just went the same where she, where we are, where she's just consistently telling me this is Israel. She's trying to tell me where I'm from. This is a white woman telling me where I'm from. And it was brought up to management. And, um, yeah. Where is she from, by the way? I mean, you say you just mentioned she's a white woman telling you where you're from. Oh, she's just from there. She's from Nova Scotia. She's from where? She's from Halifax. Nova Scotia, Halifax. Yeah, and she wants to tell you yeah. about your background. Where I'm from, yeah. We're seeing uh, actually tremendous backlash of this type uh, experienced by other young supporters of Palestinian human rights across the globe. There seems to be a strategy to uh, marginalize them early on before their influence grows. Uh, do you think uh, that, that this is what's happening to you, this, uh, that you're part of this campaign to marginalize young uh, Palestinians? I'd say I do believe 100% that Palestinian voices continue to want to be silenced because um i i said this before that freedom of speech is have a double standard so like recently for example um just two weeks ago in the same city where i'm from a white teacher at a high school made comments on her free time famous mate and she was just saying she was making fun of Hamas. She was making fun of the genocide in Gaza. She was saying Muslims need to be re-educated in camps. And the school knew that. And the school board knew that. She's still working. There's no discipline at all. Her voice is not silent. However, when it came to me talking about Lion Pete saying a factual statement that a free country cannot exist with an occupation, um, I was immediately fired. Less than 24 hours, I was fired. So, Palestinian voices do continue to be silenced. However, I do think, 
at a time like this that social media is really helping for people to see the Palestinian side. And I don't think we are ever able to rely on mainstream media. I think that is that I don't think that is going to change anything. As long as they have the funding, that's not going to change anything. What has been your experience uh, since your dismissal? Have you received uh, a lot of support? And what is uh, next for you? So I have received a lot of support. And I will say I also have received some threats. But a lot of the threats are from Zionists group that were just saying stuff online, which is expected. That's what they do. They just hide behind the screen and then they just send messages. And... Um, so I also write freelance for rebel media and for rebel media, I write a lot about Palestine and because they give me the safe space to write about Palestine and because, well, they are logical when it comes to their reporting. So I write for them and I definitely want to continue my journalism, whether it, it is on my social media, because I feel like I can't do journalism when it comes when it, if it is for a main trip for a big company. And I knew that. I always knew that. I always knew I could never be a full journalist for like TTV, CBC, or Global, like the big companies, because my voice will be silent and I would have to sell my soul. So I always knew it's best I work behind the scenes for the big companies. But I will continue my journalism for sure. I will continue. I'm not an expert on uh, Canadian law, but it seems that you have a uh, a, a lawsuit. Uh, I mean, reason for a lawsuit or a case for, uh, for discrimination because I was trying to find and look through the policy, and I've cited some of it about in the you talk about diversity, but there is nothing that says that in your free time you cannot criticize a country that is committing ge- genocide. And yet they fired you. Are you planning to talk? Are you, or actually, are you talking to lawyers about this? Yes, I am actually talking to lawyers. And I also, I can't go in detail, but like I do have uh, a wrongful termination suit as well. And most definitely, I'm going to go for human rights as well. Because for even the fact that I was fired as the only Palestinian during a time of genocide of my own people, is just a really bad move in general. Have you also been in contact with um, other people that who are in your position? Uh, like again, I don't know too many cases. Even though we've had a uh, uh, earlier, maybe a few months ago, a uh, someone who worked for the Canadian, I think, public school systems, who was also put on notice for. Teaching people, yeah. yeah, Javier. Yes, he was. He was. He was our guest, and and then now I think he faced a similar thing. But we have several cases right here in the United States, ranging from professors at at universities to students to just recently a new uh, graduate who's a lawyer who had a job offer rescinded uh, because again because of her views on Palestine. And this is something, you know, because what we're talking about here is that that there are so many talented, intelligent young people like yourself that have been victims of this brazen, well-publicized persecution. Do you think 
this will result in mobilization against this censoring and that an accounting will be made? Oh, most definitely. I think people are getting more and more passionate right now. And more and more, the more and more people are seeing what's going on, the more people are able to advocate, whether it's on my behalf or or for PowerSpike, the most definitely these, I will say, these major companies are going to feel the wrath of the Palestinian supporters and the Palestinians for everything that we continue to go through. And we've had also last week, actually, other Canadian guests uh, who was talking about the large uh, demonstrations happening in places like Toronto and Montreal and so forth that uh, Canada never witnessed, uh, you know, the, 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 this, these huge numbers. Do you feel that there is a shift within uh, Canadian society about what's going on in Palestine? Oh, yes, there is. There is a shift, I will say. There is a shift. It's better than before because... Um, so I also founded an organization called Free Palestine Halifax, where I hold rallies, marches, webinars, educational stuff for Palestine. For the time when I had started, I noticed that a lot of people do not, a lot of, of the Canadian community do not know about Palestine. But then now it is a lot of people are hearing more about it and they're trying to educate themselves. And I think the biggest issue in Canada and in the Canadian community is there is ignorance that is involved and a lot of people don't tend to educate themselves. But an another thing I always say is continue to use the resources you are so privileged to have. Use the internet, use the social media, read the book. You have those resources to educate yourself about an ongoing genocide, about an ongoing occupation. And I think people are actually advantage now because people are protesting, because people are talking about it, because people are being are getting fired, you know? So I look at the firing as a blessing in disguise because my story would not have been heard and if it wasn't for that, and as a Palestinian, I don't think my voice would have been heard largely if it wasn't for that either. Uh, very good attitude. I, I, I really admire, you know, uh, and of course sympathize but with what you've been going through. Uh, Yara Jamal, uh, thank you for coming on Arab Talk. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's the voice in the face of Yada Jamal, a production assistant and web writer at CTV Atlantic in the Atlantic Bureau, Jamal, talking about this outrageous uh, attack on uh, journalistic freedom. She was fired unceremoniously, and uh, as you mentioned in the lead-up, this is part of an emerging trend where young professionals who are Palestinian or uh, speak on behalf and you know, speaking about what's happening in Palestine in a more kind of honest and direct way, are being doxxed, are being fired, are being challenged, and are being silenced. This is just one of many examples. It's a pretty disturbing one, actually. It's very disturbing, especially when you start targeting journalists. I mean, we know what targeting uh, academics and, and now lawyers, but uh, uh, the first thing that they teach you in uh, journalism school is uh, the fir <laughs> your First Amendment and freedom of speech and so forth. And 
By the way, she was ex expressing her own opinion on her own private time, and she never identified herself as a spokesperson for uh, uh, CTV or even identified herself as an, as an employee of CTV. This came later on after those trolls started uh, uh, tweeting about her and about her statement and then her employer, as uh, we, we saw in the interview, terminated her basically without a warning. And when she asked for an explanation, she, they didn't have. Basically, they said you violated something like our rules, which does, which don't exist, by the way. There is nothing that says you cannot criticize a foreign country. You know, we're talking about Canada TV. This is a here in Canada. You cannot criticize a fo a foreign country. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to be following up with this story later on, uh, and then moving on to a lot of things. Just in the past forty-eight hours. Israel has murdered 300 Palestinians in less than 48 hours when it resumed its bombing uh, of Gaza. And in the intro, you were mentioning about bombing the north and south, but really, they, they've dropped flyers uh, uh, telling people where to go. And if you look at those flyers that peop uh, people have posted, a map that literally doesn't leave any option for uh, for these poor residents to go to. And when they go, no. they move from north to south. They bomb them. When they move from bomb from south to north, they also bomb them. And 60% uh, of those who died in the past uh, few days were children and women. Yeah, Jamal, it's kind of outrageous that uh, the way the media have been portraying it and they've been parroting the Israeli military uh, talking points that somehow Israel is allowing safe zones for the 1.8 million Palestinians who've been internally displaced, who are moving from the north to the south to, quote, safe spaces. It's a complete joke, Jamal. These bombings and these attacks and the mortar fire and the, and the, and the attacks from, from the sea and from the air continued in the last 48 hours nonstop. And as you mentioned, uh, 300, over 350 Palestinians have been murdered. But let's not talk about the, the hundreds of thousands that are internally displaced, the thousands that are, that are injured right now, and they continue to attack. And this is really important for our listeners and viewers, Jamal. They continue to attack hospitals. They've kidnapped uh, 30 doctors and other health professionals. And the attack on the healthcare infrastructure on Gaza continues unabated. So there's absolutely no safe space anywhere in the Gaza Strip right now, Jamal. And of course, the United States remains completely ineffective. They are now, they are now trying to backtrack a little bit, Jamal. This is an interesting thing. As, as, as Israel rains down terror on Palestinian civilians, you hear Antony Blinken and Vice President Harris saying, oh, we've cautioned Israel to protect and, you know, take great care at protecting civilians. What a joke. They've given the United States cover, free reign, free uh, a get-out-of-jail card to promote the Israeli atrocities that are being committed against Palestinians, and now they want to cover themselves. Frankly, Jamal, it's a big joke to see Kamala Harris, Antony Blinken, and Lloyd Austin, who's, you know, the uh, secretary of the, of the military, basically saying, oh, we're warning Israel not to do anything. But when you look at the facts on the ground, Jamal, 
Civilians are being killed, women and children are being killed, and there's no place safe in Gaza as we speak. You're absolutely right. They are totally oblivious, and they are in denial that uh, they've green-lighted basically the uh, bombing from day one. Uh, when President Biden and Anthony Blinken both went to, to Israel to say that Israel has the right to defend itself and giving and they gave it the carte blanche to keep bombing Gaza and then resupplied, resupplied it with, uh, with more bombs and, and missiles. And now we are approaching the number and by, by the time probably and sadly when, when this show broad, goes on the air, it's going to be more than 16,000 civilians uh, who have been slaughtered in, 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 in Gaza. And now they're saying, oh, we're cautioning the Israelis not to kill civilians. Uh, and they should what try. a joke. And, yeah, I mean, they could have, they can, and that's why you're seeing these global demonstrations. And it's not just the, the United States, but it's also the UK, France, Canada, Germany, and so on. Uh, who can, in, in, in a matter of uh, hours, order Israel to stop its campaign. and But they're not doing it. And I don't they know what's do the threshold. And I don't know what's the threshold, how many Palestinians are uh, they're waiting to see killed? How many children are they waiting to see slaughtered before they order it to, uh, you know, to stop its campaign? And as you've mentioned, They've, they've made all these excuses. They started like one pretext and they moved to another pretext. The first pretext that Hamas, you know, you know what? The one thing that Israelis haven't done, they haven't found Hamas. And I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Hamas <laughs> has found, but they haven't found Hamas. They've, they've, they've said, you know, and, and we're waiting to see that Hamas operation, operation center, whatever the control center they called it. Command, was command center. Command, command center. center. Sorry, command center was beneath the Al-Shifa hospital. They destroyed it most of Al-Shifa hospital. They went there and they showed you this ridiculous video. I mean, a command center with no command, like nothing is there, just like an <laughs> empty room telling you a lie about a calendar on the wall. And now they are recently, they bombed uh, Anurwa. They bombed Anurwa, Anurwa hospital, uh, school. And they're telling you Hamas is hiding uh, uh, under under that uh, school, again, same nonsense story. Hamas is not in Anurwa. They just go there and 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 then this they scatter few pieces of weapons. Say Hamas are there. Well, if they're there, show us all these Hamas uh, soldiers that you have killed, or all uh, or all of them, all these uh, uh, fighters that you have imprisoned. Then they move somewhere else. And the same thing they say, they were, they were initially in this area and they tell the civilians we're bombing, you know, let's start by, by, by bombing the south and whatever. Now move to the north and well, where is Hamas? It's not there. You go and they go into wherever the civilians have moved to. They bomb them. And that's the game they have been playing. They basically, and let's put it, let, let's just kind of think about it this way. If they're saying anything that is true, I tell you something, the, the Hamas, Hamas sent about 1,000 to 1,500 fighters. That's a well-documented, well well-documented, uh, who, uh, who infiltrated into, into the Israeli settlements and military uh, posts there. Israel has killed more than 15,000 civilians 
after trying to identify and 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 eliminate according to them the 1500 fighters does that make any sense to you no jamal it doesn't make any sense and i think you know what our listeners and viewers probably have understood from following our 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 reporting for for you know so many years now is that this is not a campaign against hamas this is not a campaign to root out hamas from gaza this is a campaign to ethnically cleanse Palestinians from Gaza, from the West Bank, from Jerusalem, from historic Palestine. The Israelis have lied from day one. They continue to lie. They continue to offer uh, propaganda and husbara about what they're doing. There is no command center in Al-Shifa. There are no command centers under UNRWA schools and hospitals. It's one big catastrophic lie that they're using to ethnically cleanse and remove Palestinians from historic Palestine. Let's be clear about it, Jamal. And I want to be clear about another thing. The United States is a complicit partner with Israel. The Biden administration, the State Department, the U.S. military, they are complicit partners in this genocide against Palestinians in Gaza and in historic Palestine. Because the words coming from Biden, from Blinken, from Harris, and from Austin— are a big joke. Do, does anybody really believe that the Israeli uh, military, the apartheid state, is going to be told what to do? The United States implicitly, and in some cases explicitly, is supporting the slaughter of Palestinian civilians, Jamal. And no one should believe Kamala Harris. No one should believe Antony Blinken. No one should believe uh, President Biden. It's all complete rubbish. And while they're spewing this rubbish, they're continuing to support this, this genocide that's occurring against Palestinians in Gaza right now, unabated. Do not believe the hype. Every well, the, day. The, 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 the intent was revealed just uh, three, days, three days into the war, and the intent was that's right. to transfer all Palestinians into Sinai. I mean... I mean, they said that, that this this was leaked and then it was affirmed and that's what, that was the intent. And when it blew in their face, when Egypt said, no, no way we're going to allow Palestinians there, they started shifting uh, and changing uh, their story. And then and then we're going to move on to the next story, but that this is part of the next story, just is that the worst thing about it is starting with President Biden onwards and all the media right here in the United States and others. Now, of course, they're, they're starting to walk back some of the stories, all the lies about uh, children being beheaded and, 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 and this was debunked and, and, and bodies were, corpses were burned and that was debunked. And then we find out that Israel actually bombed uh, the cars uh, of the... Uh, uh, festival uh, goers and 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 also attacked uh, some homes where Hamas members were there and killed Israelis along with uh, some of the fighters there and burned their bodies because it's like big mis missiles. But then uh, you know you have and, and and no one has apologized by the way. They like President Biden said, eh, they showed me some pictures and now he's just like walking it softly back, but not saying clearly that I was duped. And I repeated a lie. Right. And then uh, we found out just a couple of days ago, the big story was that Palestinians are faking the death of children or babies. Imagine, you got over 6,000 6, kids were killed, like 6,000 bodies. 
and then and 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 we don't have the number of the ones who are still under the, uh, under the rubble just and then and the right. parents going and during that grief holding their baby and wish uh, wishing the baby to be alive or crying over the baby lamenting etc and then they start marking the story because this baby looked like so angelic kind of like like looked like a doll uh, in the way he died this is like one particular and there are other other cases like this and then Jerusalem the Jerusalem post this is one of Israel's largest newspapers and and one of the most well read newspapers papers because it also publishes in English and says that uh, Hamas or whatever Palestinians not Hamas are are faking are faking these stories and and putting dolls and then later on there were all kinds of different angles uh, verified by journalists took like about three days well meanwhile millions and millions of social media basically hits were out there by all these hasbaristas marketing the story including some of them right here in the United States and saying look at this Palestinian on the Imagine this the, the, during the grief and the agony of the parents they say that they have they were lying about the death of their parents well guess what and I, uh, two days ago the Jerusalem post admitted admitted they had to publish it after they got and I I'm, I for one wrote them and shamed them for doing this story and by the way their uh, the head of the Jerusalem's post no other than American born uh, uh, um, Avi uh, whatever uh, he's uh, basically a former Israeli soldier and Hasbarista. Right. And, 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 and since he took over, even got a, the, the, the Jerusalem Post was bad, but now it's worse. And then finally, they had to say, we got duped. They blamed it on others. We got something from unverified sources. You are a newspaper. How do you publish a picture of a grieving father holding his baby and and you say that this was a doll and he was it was a complete act and then you say oh we just got it from uh, an unverified source so that's the big story here Jess is not that Palestinians are getting slaughters like a hundred per per day the big story is that the media is playing along uh, peddling uh, Israeli lies. And politicians in the United States, starting from the president of the United States to congressmen, to senators, to the State Department, are also peddling these lies. Well, that's exactly right, Jamal. You're you're 100% right. And the the apology, it wasn't even apology from Jerusalem Post. It was uh, not even a mea culpa. It's, they were more like, oh, the source was unverified. But it's a symptom, and I think you're exactly right, of a larger complicity of the of the mainstream media in the United States and globally in the West, who are just taking the talking points from the Israeli media, digesting them, and throwing them up on the world. The, the problem with that, Jamal, and it goes, as you said, from President Biden all the way down to Anthony Blinken and beyond, they've been digesting and throwing up these lies for such a long time. But people don't believe it anymore, Jamal. You have millions of people, as you alluded to earlier, protesting in the streets, demanding that the world say no to Israeli genocide of Palestinians. No one believes what the politicians or the mainstream media is saying anymore. I mean, they've been caught in lies for, for 57 days now, Jamal. The lies of the Israeli military, the lies of the U.S. government, 
the lies of President Biden and all of the accomplices in the White House and in the Congress and in the you know various secretariats of the of the U.S. government, it's all been a complete fabrication. Now, because they've been caught, they're trying to make some noises to backtrack a little bit. But Jamal, the the backtracking is insulting to every single person of conscience. It's insulting to every Palestinian who's lost a child. It's an insult. It's insulting to anybody who sees the reality of going on. Oh, we're telling Israel to protect civilians. All you have to do, Jamal, is look at what's happening right now in the safe zone in Gaza and the south and see how many Palestinians have lost their lives, have lost their homes, and are living without food, water, or medicine right now. It's a complete fabrication. They will be held accountable eventually. I do believe that, though. Ab- absolutely, they they are they have uh, as as far as I'm concerned, they have blood on their hands. Uh, they are responsible. You know, when you peddle a lie and cause the, the death and destruction, and you you cause the death of innocent civilians and you cause the death of children, you're going to be held accountable for this sooner or later. You're going to be held accountable for this, and 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 and. and I just, you know, like said, like mentioned, we have so many stories, and who's going to pay for that? You, you, you know, the, 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 we we saw through uh, throughout the world, uh, you know, people are demonstrating. Most of them are young intellectuals, students, etc. They're they're really the masses are demonstrating because they know the truth, and politicians are just are deaf or or they bury their heads in the sand, and now. Uh, you know, of course, the United States is uh, okay to send what eight point something seven billion dollars to Israel because of the war. It, now they're making the no- noise, reading through the Israeli media, that uh, the economy is in shambles. Fifty no three billion dollars. That's the bill. The bill to to the war so far is fifty three billion dollars. This is according to economists, Israeli economists. This is according to. To a, an article published in Haaretz, who's going to pay for that? I'd like to know that. Well, let's let's pause this well, question we know right who... now instead of waiting to hear Jamal. from the Senate to approve a new a new when 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 they cannot uh, basically feed the hungry in the United States and and rebuild schools. Who's gonna who's gonna pay for the fifty three billion dollars? But Jamal, we know who's going to pay. You're going to pay. I'm going to pay. Every U.S. citizen is going to pay. Every Canadian citizen. Citizens all over the world are going to pay for the Israeli genocide of Palestinians. They're going to pay for the Israeli economy. They're going to pay to rebuild the Israeli war machine. And even though, Jamal, uh, uh, we cannot feed children in the United States, 30 million children every night go to bed hungry in the United States, even though there's homeless, even though there's a recession, even though there's inflation. Even though we have mass uh, uh, disparities, if you will, in health and in the economies here in the United States, the tax dollars that could be going to help all of those inequities here in the United States is going to go to Israel to fund the war machine. It will. And they won't be held uh, accountable for the impact that's going to have on the economy and on people here, let alone the impact that it's having right now on Palestinians every single day, Jamal, because. Israel is still controlling the amount of aid that's coming in from uh, from Egypt right now. We're still barely getting 
you know, we need 500 trucks a day under normal circumstances. What? A couple of hundred trucks have, have gotten in basically over the last week. So um, the Israeli economy is taking a big hit right now, as it should. And American taxpayers should be up in arms thinking about their tax dollars are going to go to fit, fill the bill. If you say and pay you, the you, bill, you, if you You will. know what uh, uh, argument your favorite politicians will make to write that check? They will say, oh, we've spent over $70 billion in Ukraine. What's $53 billion? <laughs> that's, what the, that's, the, that's what they're going to be oh, saying. They're going to say that. They're going to say that. Right. We spent over seven. You know, so what the heck? $70 billion or over $70 billion supporting a war in Ukraine and we'll give another... Uh, 53 billion over on top of eight billion dollars, and 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 uh, U.S. taxpayers will end up uh, paying uh, the bill. The last point uh, you wanted to make, just there is a hashtag now. What's the hashtag? Hashtag is dump Biden, and I think this is really important, Jamal, because over the weekend, a number of uh, a number of uh, very big organizing groups uh, have met in Michigan in the Detroit area, and they're forming a very large coalition among all of the swing states right now, and they're starting to mobilize groups and uh, around the hashtag of dump Biden, which means basically not voting for Biden-Harris in 2024, either not voting at all or voting for other candidates. And here's the idea, Jamal, and I have to say, I brought this up in the last couple of shows and now it's, ga it's gaining steam, the Democratic Party has to pay a price for the blood on its hands, for supporting genocide, and not taking a stand to stop the genocide that this country and Joe Biden embraced and promoted against Palestinians in Gaza, West Bank, and Jerusalem. So I think people are saying to themselves, why should we, as progressives, as Democrats, continue to show, uh, support Joe Biden and the Democrats? When they continue to let us down, they support genocide, they go against policies that are truly progressive. And I think this is, this is a group, Jamal, of not just Arab Americans and Muslim Americans, but it's African Americans, it's Latinos, it's API communities. It's a large group of progressive and liberal Democrats who are saying, why should we continue to support the Democrats when they just take us for granted? So I, for one, am promoting this hashtag Hashtag Dump Biden. You've been listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. Go to our website, arabtalkradio.com, to download the latest shows, and we'll speak to you next week. See you next week. Mm -hmm.